Welcome everybody back to a bit about crypto. I'm David James, the Job Whisperer, and I am here with my co-host, always reliable, always faithful, Dave Hampton, Robo Recruiter. Talk about it. What's going on? What's going on with you, man? It's been another week. Another week. Happy another, Sunday, another everybody. Day, another dollar. It's yeah, I know. I wish we were playing golf today. That's, <coughs> that's what I wish. Yeah, but you know, Travis hates when I talk about the weather. But it's raining. It's raining out there. Oh yeah, it is. It's real wet. So, uh, anybody, everybody, welcome to a bit about crypto. And uh, so, bit about crypto is a human interest a podcast. Uh, the genesis started when we actually repurposed our entire recruiting firm to actually only recruit in the blockchain space. And if you've actually been touched by cryptocurrency or blockchain and its truth and what it's going to be for all people and all humanity and the things that we haven't seen, there's just two kinds of people, those that, that have been moved by uh, blockchain and crypto and those that will. <clears throat> those are the only two kinds of people that exist, according to me. That's just how it occurs for me. And I, I remember saying to you, we, uh, we have to repurpose our entire firm to blockchain and we, we got rid of everything else and we did it and we haven't looked back. The, uh, so to those of you who are listening, um, our sponsor, who's our sponsor this week, Travis? Well, it's the one and only blockchainrecruiters.net. Blockchain recruiters, they're paying the bills so they get the plug. So if you are looking for a job in the blockchain, NFT, cryptocurrency space, and you have the attitude, <clears throat> we will find the aptitude for you. All right. And uh, uh, somebody actually sent me an email that they actually look for uh, passion over pedigree. And I, you know, that really resonated with me. So if that's you, I want to talk to you. And if you're out there and listening, and thank you for listening, all the user the viewership has really gone up. And you are looking for people for your project, blockchain, crypto. You know, we aggregate them all. What do we aggregate, David? Talk about it. All the candidates you could possibly need. That's right. We, ag we aggregate the everybody on the social, the community managers, the the BD people, right? The portfolio managers, the compliance managers, and now art art appraisers, right? Yep. Yep. Art technical, appraisers, non-technical, yeah, yep. right. Authenticators, people making sure this is real and this is not right. We actually have licensing and rights people uh, that people are looking for, and of course the typical full stack developer, blockchain, wax, whatever you need. We have those, and what separates <clears throat> blockchain recruiters is we're uh, we aggregate on a massive global schedule. Right and, and scale, we bring people in, and we put them in our database, we have a lot of resources, then when we have the needs, we go and we find and we compel those people. If you want to get a hold of me, and you want to talk about your blockchain project, I'm at the BTC Recruiter. So that's where you'll find me on Twitter. If you want to send your resume, you can send it to Dave, right? Because that's his thing. Yeah. Dave. I'll, I'll actually respond. <laughs> he will actually respond. Dave at blockchainrecruiters.net. So on behalf of our, our, our sponsor, Blockchain Recruiters, thank you very much. <clears throat> so, Dave Hampton. Yes, sir. When did you first learn about influencers and uh, influencer marketing and things of that nature? Oh, uh, I guess it was uh, when Instagram came out. Yeah, for me, it was like 2015. Yeah, I said, I so mean, what do you do? You're an influencer, right? Yeah, I, I just. Yeah, I don't. That's a good question. I don't. I mean, I, I guess, I guess, to me, to me, an influencer was going back to the days of like uh, Jordan advertising for Hanes, you know, like that kind of thing. Like that's old school influencing, if you ask me. But, yeah, I, but, but I'm not. I don't understand what we're talking about. We're talking about modern. Well, day. what the the proliferation of like the the mobile phone, right, mm -hmm. and all social media, people become their own influencers, and right. it doesn't necessarily have to be. You have to be Jordan. You have to be an idea, and you just keep repeating it, et cetera, et cetera. And and a following. I think that's really the key, right? Is the following. Yeah, and, and, and to excellent point, it's funny because <clears throat> the way when we were thinking about our podcast, like how we're going to promote it, right? And it was said to us, well, you could hire an influencer, all right? And so let's say we wanted like Kanye. Kanye Kanye's an influencer. He happens to be a lot of other things, but he's an influencer. Right. Hey, Kanye, how much would it cost for you to actually mention a bit about crypto on our podcast? And Kanye would say, hypothetically, I haven't spoken to Kanye. Okay, it'll be $100,000, and I'll talk about a bit about crypto three times right. for 30 seconds, right? How do we know how many of uh, Kanye's people actually heard? I, yeah, that, I think that's been a, an issue. I think it, it's the measurement of or the metrics of like what that influence actually yields. And furthermore, yields. How, how, how would we know how many people actually took a specific action? Like clicked on the link, exactly. bought yeah. the product, what, none. Yeah. Right? It's all we go, oh my God, Kanye West, X million followers for this much money. And we, we listen and we see how many likes we get. And that's about it. 
right? Right. So like when I say that blockchain is changing everything, right? There is somebody who has actually had an idea, put it to action, right? And yep. they, I'm not going to spoil it. I'd probably butcher it, but I'm going to let him talk about it. So today's guest, J.D. Serafin, and you are the uh, CEO of Rainmaker. And everybody, that's Rain, R. A-I-I-N, Rainmaker, with two eyes. J.D. Serafin, welcome to Bit About Crypto. Thanks for having me. Thanks for actually coming. Yeah, appreciate <laughs> it. Well, I happen to be in town, and, uh, you know, we made a deal, so I'm a man of my word, and we're here. Okay, so. well, we're men of our words, too, so we're yeah, looking forward we to it. We appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how before we start about you, how was I as far as the, the narrative? Did I, was I, did I... Did I sum it up? I mean, I tried to read. Well, in terms of the influencer marketing. Yeah. Stuff, you know, what's interesting is um, the space that we're exploring is kind of like a new frontier, I would say, where influencer marketing and loyalty rewards meet. Um, I believe there's a new market sector now, there that hasn't been really uh, properly, not just identified, but really captured by a serious player. And we aim to be that company that really does that. And I think you know, my thing has always been, how do we change the relationship between fans and community with brands and creators? You know, and that's, you know, right now, if you're a Star Wars <clears throat> fan or you're a fan of a sports team or whatever it might be, you talk about that organically because you're passionate about it and you're creating value for that brand. And right now you're getting nothing for it. And so we believe in the future uh, using oh. new systems powered by blockchain <laughs> That, that, you know, will create the infrastructure so that that value that's being created in social media through that organic, you know, engagement that's being driven by fans and by community uh, can be properly rewarded. And when you do reward it, what ends up happening is you create this flywheel between, you know, that brand or that company or the project or creator and their community where the value that's being created is being reciprocated right. and it just builds and builds and right. builds. And so that's what Rainmaker essentially we've built the, you know, the architecture, the infrastructure for that new, you know, fan economy or fan engagement <clears throat> platform. Well, you know, with uh, blockchain being so new and the NFT space, I'm going to say the awareness of NFT space being so recent, right? Most people didn't go to school to say, Hey, I'm going to be an NFT solutionist. Right. So let's, I mean, the space really, as far as, as real commerce, is less than 18 months old when you stop and think about it. I mean, real, like the mainstream, the way it is, like everybody, it's the, all the rave right now, NFTs. So before we talk about your, your pedigree and your passion over pedigree, if we will, talk about like your, your formative years, like from, from birth to like 12th grade. Where'd you grow up? What'd you do? Well, I mean, there might be a few uh, legal records that would help inform you about my formative years. Uh, well, I just look, I, I have great, I was fortunate. I have great parents. Um, you know, father is a musician, is a musician, um, very successful musician, mm -hmm. as you guys pointed out in your research. Uh, he was the founder drummer for the band Chicago. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, really amazing guy and just was very fortunate there. And my mom you know, amazing woman. Uh, she does real estate, but really more, she's a powerful, dynamic person. Crystal healer, psychic, you know, so you kind of picked no. up on some of that too in our pre-show our pre -show conversation, um, you know, wearing crystals that she gave me here around my neck. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I was blessed to have two great parents that helped to really, you know, shape and really just give me the, uh, the right, I don't know what the word I would use, I won't say direction, but they gave they were able to give me the right support I needed in the right ways at the right times. The right lens? Yeah. Foundation. Well, and the Foundation. right lens. I think, yeah. you know, I was a wild teenager, you know, and I and I grew up in the mountains of Colorado and I always joke we were like a pack of wolves. Mm -hmm. We still are. I see those same guys and it's like, you know, not a day has passed, even though if it's been a year or two years and I was again blessed to have a great group of friends. But we were wild. I mean, we did stuff then. Uh, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? You are. Else? Okay. All right. You are. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't swear. I'll try. I'll try my no, best no, not to. No, no, no. You don't yeah. even have to. Be you. Yeah. Be you. That's yeah. just, just. But I mean, we we were we were wild, and we had a great. We did stuff that, frankly, kids today can't couldn't do anymore. I don't think, and probably would be in the in the in the in the in the morning news or all over social media. But that being said, I got through that. I survived, thanks to my parents and and a trip to boot camp. And uh, <laughs> so, so you got to go to a special school. I got to go to the special school. Miss Gump, you're born in a special school. That's right. I went to a special where, where school. Where was this uh, boot camp? Yeah. Uh, North Idaho. North so, Idaho. Uh, okay. Paris Hilton actually did a stint at the, I think the boot camp in the for, one of the boarding schools. Girls? Not the one, not the one she is like suing or causing issue about. But there was another <laughs> one she went to before that that 
um, was part of a family of schools that I attended, which actually really helped me to uh, turn some things around in life was a good thing, but um, well, hold hold on a second. So, so you're you're going like your normal kid. You're going to public school, yeah. right? Grade school. You're playing 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 soccer at PE with all the other kids. There's nothing different, right? Then do you get is it junior highs? Highs? When do when do you? Uh, well, I think start cutting your no, own. I scene? mean, I think even in elementary school. I mean, I got I probably shouldn't share. No, this no, no. But, she said but I got I got kicked out of dare in fifth grade for drinking at school. I mean, that's me and a group of kids. I mean, that's how wild we were. You just, you just couldn't take the challenge. Whoa. You couldn't say no. That's well, there. We felt, I felt, looking back, I kind of feel bad for the dare officer because he was crying and he was like really hurt. Like, how did I fail these kids? And I was looking at him like, you never had a prayer. Like, when we were reading this book, it was almost like a, it was almost like a challenge to us. Like, you're not supposed to do this. And anything that we weren't supposed to do, we wanted to do. And that was just our nature back then you kind know like wet paint it's like well we're we, how, how wet i think i've always i've always had that rebel spirit i think just to bring it full circle to where i am now like yeah. and i think you know some of the some of the people that are transform to transform the world in the biggest way are people that are rebels that have that renegade entrepreneur spirit yeah and i think that's ultimately um you know as a species actually how we get out of this mess that we're in and i think blockchain and crypto you know, what's, be what's beautiful to me about it, and as I look around the space and I see the other founders and other leaders in the space, uh, everyone kind of has this spirit, like, you know, we're not going to wait for somebody to give us permission to do something. Yeah. Like, we're yeah. just going to go do it because, frankly, as a, as a species and on this planet, we don't have time for we, that. We can't afford yeah. it. We can't afford to wait around. I mean, yeah. you, you got to be, the, you got to, what uh, Michael Jackson said it, right? And, you know, you got to be the change you want to see in the world kind of thing. Yeah. Right. As in Tito, uh, Jermaine, that Michael Jackson. Is there any other Michael Jackson you know? Yeah, there's. I mean, I'm not talking uh, about the uh, NBA player oh, or the okay. or the football player. Or, 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 all right, Michael Jackson's kind of go to the phone book. Anyhow, we digress <laughs> on a digression. Anyhow, so when you're like about the time of you know they also do that line in Lego Batman too. <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, intro yeah. to Lego Batman, and it's pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not I'm not in condoning or endorsing anything that he was accused of I, per se. Whoa, you know. whoa, whoa! No, but let's go to Lego Batman. Let's go away from that. <laughs> Because I my my ex wife says I'm kind of like Lego Batman. So right. if people want to understand what I'm like now, think of how Lego Batman was, and you're kind of getting the range of me. <laughs> today. So. so yeah, I I I just gotta speak to this. So you know, I've had a very myself. I've had a very circuitous life, right? And it wasn't like with uh, achievement awards. It's it's, it's a lot of uh, self reflection, and I put myself in compromising situations, right? But I've ascended from that. And so when you speak of some of those things, just on a very general level. It speaks to me, right? Because I believe character, right, and wisdom is built in the bottom, in the dark, in the cold, in the valley, not at the mountaintop with the glory. So yeah, I mean, kind of like the real Batman. I, right? I, I don't know how deep. I don't want to, you know, put you on. No, the but let's go. Let's go there. I mean, I'm all about going to the the deepest, okay. darkest places because that's honestly where. Um, I believe that a lot of my character was formed is through the adversity. I kind of say sometimes like, you know, I was hardened by the fires of hell. Uh, and I say that not as like a joke. I say that because I've been through a lot of shit in my life. Um, stuff when I was a kid, stuff as an adult, and all of that has helped me as an entrepreneur and as a man, right. you know, to be ready to step up to the mantle of what I'm here to do now, you know, as a leader. And not just with Rainmaker and a business or Vision Tree and the movies and the TV stuff. All of it is important, but even just as a human being, to be present and to carry a certain frequency and to carry a certain um, way of living, like each moment, I think that's uh, that's formed through life experience, and so. So let's talk amen. about the let's talk about the moment of clarity, and and you're welcome to go as as deep as you want. So where did the moment? Of, I mean, it, and for me, my moment of clarity was I went to a party when I was 13, and I came home when I was 43. That that's for me, for me. Okay, and at 43, I realized that there had to be a drastic change because I couldn't get a resistance to mace. All right. I just so I mean, just in a very general way. So what? Where was the? Well, what's interesting, and I talk about this publicly with people all the time is I've been sober for over five years and not that I had a huge drinking problem. There's moments in my life where, you know, I dabbled with various things with marijuana and, and marijuana was probably my drug of choice when I was not sober. Um, definitely was, but about five years ago I had a spiritual experience and, um, without getting into every detail, no, no, in a general, in a general yeah. way. Yeah. Well, in a general way, I was in the mountains of Yosemite and I was laying there and I was feeling the, the sun on my skin and and I was laying in a lake called Lake Tanaya, which is about 10,000 feet. My kids are playing on the beach and it was normally a day where I might have snuck off in the bushes and had a, had a little token, especially in California. That's pretty normal. 
And I just, I had already been kind of transitioning and I was like, I'm just going to be present. And I was sitting there and all of a sudden I was looking at the mountains and I felt like I literally became one with the earth is the only way I could describe it. And I had the most intense natural high come over me, like almost more intense than I ever felt on any drug. And I've tried, you know, almost every drug on the planet and, and more intense than anything like that. But I was completely lucid and sober in my mind. And so, and I heard a voice came into my, came into my head and it said, you've been blocking your ability to experience your, this your whole life. You've been blocking your ability to experience heaven on earth. And it, that was the turning point for me because I realized at that moment, I had like a fear that was kind of sitting inside of me. It was like, am I going to reach my potential as a human being? Cause like you, I was, you know, I partied a ton. I had had a great life and it was, I had phases where I didn't party. I was a young father. I, yeah, I, yeah, I but you said the word fear, yeah. this short word fear. Yeah. Well, there should be classed with stealing, right? Well, it's I honestly, in this case though, the fear um, was warranted because I had squandered so much time in my life mm -hmm. that it was like, if I was going to do what I came here to do, like I wouldn't be sitting here with you today. If in that moment I didn't make a clear decision that I was going to, everything that wasn't serving me reaching my potential, I was going to let it go so that I could give myself a chance to actually reach that potential. So and you, that's, you said five years ago. So what do you, well, like, five and a half. So what do you, ago. what are you like 35? I'm 40 now. Yeah, 30, no, 35. So when I was 35 happened. then, yeah. Yeah, when it happened. So, yeah. Okay, 35. Yeah. Okay. And so so tell me about the contradiction in behavior. Okay, so you clearly got up from laying down and you took action so or inaction. Well, I think there was a, there was a commitment around, and it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to stop drinking forever or doing drugs. And I wasn't like that big of a drinker, but when I, I always joke, when I drank, I drank a lot, you right. know, yeah, yeah. Loved, I love my bourbon. Actually, you know? I do know. Yeah. So, and I, and I had plenty, had plenty of good times with friends and, and whatnot. But, um, when I made the commitment that I was going to give myself a chance to reach that potential, I mean, everything in my life opened up. I mean, we've got you know, the biggest movie that we had ever gotten came right, basically fell in our lap. Mm -hmm. and Which was? Do you mind saying? It was Atari. Okay. Atari. The movie, with, the Leonardo, the one with, with Leo. Yeah, we're yeah. with Leonardo DiCaprio and Appian Way and his production company. And I mean, that was the, and it was, you know, a series of things after that, like it, that almost like when you look back on it, it seems like destiny. And so... Or you look back and you say, there's no way I could have done that by myself. Oh, I didn't do it by but, myself. But no, but, but yeah. the, the, the actual yeah. awareness that there's no way. Oh, and there's, and I still, and I'm aware of in the present moment, like everything <laughs> that I do, well, everything that I do, like I'm, I think my greatest strength is that I operate from a place of no ego and complete humility, knowing that I'm not, I'm not really the one that uh, is creating any of this, that I'm just here to serve, you know, something greater than myself and coming from that place, uh, piece one, piece two, being able to take adversity and turn it into opportunity, those two things make me unstoppable. Because once you do that, once you surrender your ego and you say, I'm here to serve something greater than myself, yeah. yep. and whatever adversity comes to me, I'm going to transform it into opportunity or I'm going to turn it into my advantage or strength. Yeah. I mean, what? how can you be stopped then? And that's, I think, when I stay um, in alignment with that, you know, there's, and it's a beautiful thing. Like when you find that place, I've been able to stay in it because I'm largely because I'm sober. I've been able to pretty much stay in that space, uh, in alignment with that for, you know, most of the last five years. And out of that, I've created a tremendous amount of success in my career and in my personal life. But ultimately it's, it's, it's still coming from a place of, of, of looking at, okay, we have a finite amount of time as a species to make an evolutionary leap. We really have like, some people think we have 15 to 20 years. I think we have seven to 10 to really start to turn like hard before this thing turns into like Mad Max, you know, dystopian. No, but like, I, I, yeah. want, I, want, I want to just dial it back slightly. Yeah. <clears throat> the lucidity, right, of not going, because what happens is when, oh, I'm going to speak for me, like when I found it necessary to remove all forms of intoxicants out of my life, right? Potions, lotions, powders, and pills, everything, right? <clears throat> you know, um, you know, you shared with me, I'll share with you, I've been sober since April Fool's Day, 2007. And I, that's just the day the wheels came off, right? It's just, that's just where the, the plane crash landed on that date. <clears throat> um, the thing about it is, is they say when you first get sober, you'll feel better, right? But yeah, you'll feel better. You'll feel pain better. You'll feel hysteria better. You'll feel those things. But, but with lucidity, you can actually come to a reckoning of what those things are and push through them as opposed to a form of anesthetization. But for me, I found then I was going to, to things that were very like gossip, 
right? Stupid politics, sugar. I mean, all I, I, I had to actually, and I'm still fighting those battles a little way. I, I got to catch myself. And it's when we're actually saying, no, no, we got to go within or we go without kind of thing. And I, that's, that's what I actually just heard you say. Go within or you're going to go without. That, 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 that sums that up. Do you find that experience same for you? I think it's the same. And I think that um, it's interesting because even in this moment, like the brain... And the ego will try to come in yeah. and like take control, right? And like want to control the situation. And and I think the more like where I feel the most at peace and the most in power is when I'm able to quiet the mind and just again allow spirit or God or Allah or whatever name you want to give it. Yeah. Frankly, you know, work through me. Um, and I, I, it's funny. I used to, I used to kind of like laugh about the football players that would always be like, Same. you know, praising God. Yeah, you know, right. I'd be like, oh come on, yeah, man. God helped you score that touchdown. I, yeah, because I'm not, I'm not a religious guy. I'm yeah. more spiritual. Yeah. But as you get older and you, you realize, like, okay, well, there's a lot of truth to that, right? Because when you're operating from that place, that's really actually when you are the most unstoppable. Um, and so it's interesting. I guess you could say to go within. Or go without. I haven't heard a phrase like that, but it's that's a good way. To, a good that, way that's to just how it occurred for me as you were talking about it. But let's yeah. go five years ago. Then let's talk about pretty much because you know five years ago it's going to get us to crypto. It's going to get us to blockchain. It's going to yeah. get us to rainmaker. So what started happening? What started removing? And what started taking its place? And just uh, however you want to. Well, I think just I what and I had already kind of been transitioning in terms of just not partying, but I reached a point where I was like, okay, I'm going to commit to do, you know, to basically just show up each moment, be the best version of myself and do it without anything polluting my consciousness, you know, drugs, alcohol, whatever. So really it just started, I mean, the main focus was the business and building Vision Tree, which is the parent company. Um, we got Atari, like I said. Vision Tree with two eyes for you guys looking it up. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's two eyes in vision. That's correct. Yes, I just said that's that. That's right. That's right. Vision tree. Um, and so that's, and that's, you know, our, my main passion is to make as much impact in the world as I can through media and technology. And so, and that's always been there on some level, but I was, it's almost like I would equate it as like somebody who's trying to run a race with their shoes tied together. Mm. Like I finally like un untied my shoes from each other and tied them properly and said, okay, now let me see if I can run this race. And obviously once I got my legs under me, I started moving faster and faster. And so, you know, it's interesting we talk about Atari because that's kind of the project that was the catalyst to me coming into the crypto space. My first contact with crypto was actually in 2012. So I did a documentary called Sirius, uh, like the star, S-I-R-I-U-S. And it was the most successful crowdfund for a feature documentary in history at the time. It's only been broken, I think, the record's only been broken by the sequels to it that have been run by the same the same partner, Dr. Stephen Greer. Uh, and the coolest part wasn't that, but the cooler part was we put it out. Uh, it was actually an extraterrestrial conspiracy documentary. So it was, a, it was kind of a crazy journey down a rabbit hole. Like I've always been someone who's open to like political conspiracy and, you know, 9-11 and yeah, other you know stuff. What? We're, we're open to that, aren't we, David? I would say so. Continue. Well, and so so I've I've opened to that, but the <laughs> the 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 it's funny is I wasn't really huge into the ET thing, and I just kind of we were actually trying to do a scripted project at the time, and a partner of mine was having dinner with Dr. Greer and was because we were kind of uh, wooing him to like be a a consultant on the film, and he started telling all these crazy stories, and then it's like, well, wait, shouldn't we make a movie about you? They've been trying fast forward we make the documentary but in that we so we, we crowdfunded the whole thing the cooler part was 11 months later we released it subtitled in 17 languages in our own basically self-distribution online what they would call transactional vod direct to consumer right. and we did over a million dollars in sales and that's basically 100 percent driven by the community so the reason that oh, this is informing go. it is right. that was where i saw the model i was like wait if you, when you can harness the power of the crowd as some people call it um, there's this potential to like see this this explosive performance in terms of you know how things do in the market, especially in a, in a world that's basically digital at this point. And so, flash forward to Atari, we we acquired the project. Well, hold on a second, just for our listeners. Okay, uh, clarify Atari because so I, there's Atari, the company, which right. is a publicly traded French 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 owned publicly traded company that was founded by Nolan Bushnell. Nolan Bushnell, who's 
you know, hopefully once we make our movie, eventually he'll be in the, the pantheon of tech icons because that's where he belongs. Founder of Atari, founder of Chuck E. Cheese. Atari was basically uh, where Steve Jobs and Wozniak got the parts for the first Apple computers. They were both engineers at Atari, which most a lot of people don't know I that. I didn't know that. Um, they were working at a project inside of Atari when Paramount came in, not Paramount, uh, Warner Brothers came in and shut it down, where it would have been the first commercial version of the internet. It was a system where people could play Atari video games over over telephone lines. This is pre-internet. Wow. So Nolan was like, he had created this this innovative environment and space for people to create. And there was amazing things that were being created inside of Atari. Now, he sold a controlling share to Warner Brothers because he, he was competing against Midway and Bally, the same gaming companies that had basically told him there's no kids. They said, literally said, no kids can ever play video games. That's what they told him. We all know, obviously, how that story yeah, ended. Yeah, no, they were really accurate with that. Well, and they but they started they started stealing from him, which is the way the yeah. big guys do it. And he, he basically felt like to compete, he needed big capital. So he took Warner Brothers' money, and ultimately... It, was kind of his uh, it was the undoing of atari as we know it it's never really been the same you know there's there it's publicly traded company now but we acquired from paramount the rights to the nolan bushnell atari movie which is his story it's silicon valley you know 1970s wolf of wall street meets the social network um, <laughs> with you know, with a you know, with big budget, big cast, and so that's why it's it's frankly yeah. So what, for for the audiences, I wanted I wanted to be clear that uh, our guest JD's talking about producing a movie about Atari. Yes, right. Yes. You kept saying Atari, not not Atari, the current brand or Atari Token, yeah, which you know they're all they're all right. their own things, which is good. We right. have something very specific and unique, and it's funny. Nolan is here in Vegas right now. He's actually speaking probably about right as we speak at the conference Co I was speaking Coin at, Agenda at Coin Agenda, yeah, yeah Global. So, and I just saw him in the casino. We ran into each other. He was wearing glowing shoes and Nolan is, he's just one of those people like he would come in the room and he would see you twirling your pen and he would look at the phone and he would be like, you know, there should be this thing. Like he has that. Like a savant. Well, he's, and it, well, he's, he's got that creative entrepreneurial spirit. And I think, again, coming full circle to what I'm about, like I believe as a species, the way that we get out of the mess that we've put ourselves yep. in is by becoming like Nolan Bushnell to be that renegade entrepreneur, to basically look around us in our environment, you know, look at the people, look at the things and come up with the solutions that we need to create on the ground to solve the problems that we're facing and that, that are going to continue to mount that we're going to face. So that's why I'm excited to tell Atari, you know, tell the story of Atari or Nolan's story really is it's really about Nolan. So, so basically it's kind of like, think about the, the genesis of Atari and the iterations that it went through, et cetera, et cetera, the way the social network did or the Wolf of Wall Street did. I mean, well, yeah, it's, it starts from Nolan's early years, um, you know, being a kid in Utah, growing up in a very rural upbringing, okay. but having this fascination with science and computers and not computers, but he was able to get access to the early computers at University of Utah. Like Nolan's story is a very, I mean, just by itself is an amazing story. But I think the, the underneath part of it, there's an archetype. You know, just like you have Joseph Campbell in The Hero's Journey, yeah. I believe that Nolan represents an archetype okay. in, in the modern world of that renegade entrepreneur. And I believe that, to me, is the thing that is the most important. And again, the details, because you know, in the era that we're in, like you have to have something exceptional for a, for a project yeah, to stand out. That's right. And so the thing that's exceptional to me about it is again, that's transcendent is that renegade entrepreneur spirit. I believe that that's alive and well, because not just because of Nolan, but because of jobs, because of Gates, because of, you know, a, a million, Elon a million other people right. that nobody, that people have never heard of, you know, that have been innovators on the front lines that have created cool, you know, inventions have helped to co-create the culture around Silicon Valley which now is spread across the world, which is that the old way of doing business isn't the way we have to follow. We can do things differently. And I think that we have to. I think we have to think like we have to be like Nolan Bushnell in order to get out of the situation. So, so talk about talk about some of the above the line talent and who's in it when it's gonna when you see it. Well, we're still casting okay. and figuring all that out. <laughs> okay. And so that stuff you guys we'll, have we'll a get director? Is that, is that well we we had we have a guy we were working with before and it's yeah. The deal that, the deal is not inked. So that's yeah. gonna have to be another podcast that back. will be another i'll come back for that one yeah, yeah, yeah. but our hope is that we end up filming it sometime in the next like one to two years post-pandemic is a tricky thing like you know movies like i think 
Dune just did 40 million this last weekend. The but the Ridley Scott the weekend before it got panned and it was a great film with great cast, great reviews, and it did four million dollars. Right. So I mean it's we're in this kind of yeah. weird space <laughs> where a, um, no man's land kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I think it'll come back and I think it'll be you know, I think our project could help to show a path for how movies can be released again in theaters and how movies can, you know, perform again in a, in a challenging environment. Um, you know, but yeah, we'll come, we'll come back on the Atari thing, but, but to tie back to the crypto. Yeah. So basically I was sitting at my family, uh, has a restaurant in Malibu called the real Inn, which is a seafood place and the freshest seafood in, uh, in Los Angeles, if you guys want to check it out, uh, up up the street from Gladstones, right? It's it's uh, right up the street from Gladstones. Yeah, yeah much better. Gladstones. Well, is, I know. Look, Gladstones, I, I, Gladstones I, is dog shit. Hold, hold to on real. a second. Full <laughs> disclosure. Yeah, come on. Come, what do you, what I was are you thinking? Just come using on. a geographic topical <laughs> remark. People right. know it because they see it. There. Just just making sure. Gladstones yeah. would have been gone if it didn't have that location. Mm. How does it pay for that location? Fine. I, I, I've actually never been to Gladstones because we have the real inn, but the real inn is. <laughs> but no, but the real inn. So I'm, but, I'm, but it's, <laughs> I'm not going to say the word. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting. I'm sitting at the real inn, and I'm with Gregory Markell, who's you know one of my mentors and a really good friend, and he's somebody who's been you know one of the f- leaders on the forefront of digital marketing, kind of in every way, like SEO and social. <laughs> like he's got a boutique agency. He worked with Tom Cruise for a long time. Amazing guy. And he's really like a fixture in that West Side uh, entertainment uh, technology, you know, marketing community in L.A. And he's asking me because he knows Nolan well and because Nolan and him are both members of a community called Metal, which is Media Entertainment Technology Alpha Leaders, which is run by Ken Rakowski. It's a great group. I've had a chance to, to be a part of meetings and stuff and meet a lot of great people and learn. So Greg being a Metal member, Nolan being a Metal member, we're sitting at dinner and he's like, well, what are you doing with Atari? What are your thoughts? And I said, well... At that time, I was exploring equity crowdfunding because we had done Sirius, and I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll use equity crowdfunding because I was I've been eyeing it like everyone because we were in that early wave of crowdfunding innovation. We saw the Jobs Act pass, and then we watched as the U.S. government does what it's really good at doing right now, which is basically just drag shit out for years <laughs> and squeeze the squeeze the, the you know every piece of creative, innovative life yeah. out of it yep. while it gets over legislated by a bunch of people who don't create anything or don't understand it. No, either. don't understand it. Yeah. Don't create anything. They yeah. sit there and like want to justify their existence. I mean, to be honest, like the foundation of this country is founded on the principles are beautiful. Uh, and yeah. democracy is more important than ever. I think there's a rise in authoritarianism yeah. that's, you know, people are not paying attention to yeah, closely of happiness, enough. Pursuit right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. it's in our preamble. I mean, for God's there's, yeah. no, there's nobody in this... By popu- our creator. Endowed there's by our nobody creator. in the population yeah. and present company that's not paying attention to that because we're acutely aware of the things we're talking about. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Well, I think that's the... So we were, we were there in the early wave of crowdfunding. We were waiting for equity crowdfunding to kind of turn the corner. It still, like, frankly, hasn't reached its anywhere near its potential because of the fact that they stymied the like the forward movement of the momentum, you know, and so uh, I was looking at it. Greg's like, and it's, no, it's political now. They can yeah. decide this this cause no good, and they can cancel yeah. you. Yeah, in crowdfunding, They're trying to do the Dave Chappelle, right? Well, I think it's look, we're in a weird moment because it's like a pendulum that swings. You know, I think for a long time there was a lot of marginalized groups that were treated uh, unfairly. Yeah. Uh, by the world and at lo- and by you know and, and, and by and by culture at large. So yeah. I think that the pendulum has swung now and maybe to an extreme. And I think it'll come back to a balance. So I don't, you know, uh, I think it's I think it's part of part and parcel because of that. You know, like there's all this stored up energy of people that didn't have a voice and now they have so much voice. That That's it's a great like, way to put it. Yeah. That's such a great way to put it. I, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. You can so, use it all. No, Take it all. I'm gonna, buddy. I'm gonna make it. Because I, well, I'm, I, I'm gonna make an NFT and sell it back th- to you. <laughs> I, I might buy it because <laughs> I, I definitely been scammed more than a couple times. There'll, there'll be no scam. <laughs> yeah. It'll be no scam. I mean, all I do is take you know, self. Wait, wait. I why, take, why am I not surprised that you would actually propose that? You know, he'll actually do that. I'm, I'm appalled that you would say that I'm about to do what I'm about to do. <laughs> but what I'll do is I will take from you the wisdom you already have and sell it back to you as wisdom from me. And, that, and it's it, priceless. But if I can resell it for a decent price, then I think that's yeah. a fair deal. Yeah, we'll crowdfund yeah. it. Yeah, we'll anyhow, crowdfund it. Uh, anyhow, this this is great. So let's let's make sure we. So let's. Uh, I could go for hours with you, dude. Well, we can't go for hours, but let me. So I'll get to it. So crowdfunding. He said, you know, what about I? Have you thought about doing an ICO to fund the movie? And this is right at the very beginning of the ICO boom. 
And I'm like, well, what the fuck is an ICO? <laughs> and I Googled it, and it's the day that the CEO of Mozilla had raised $30 million in 30 seconds. That, that day, and like, and I'm like, this is crowdfunding on steroids. And at that literally that moment, you know, and Gregory Markell gets all the credit. I mean, that took me down the rabbit hole. And so as I went down, I mean, I, once you're in that, once you come into the space, you realize it has like an energy and a life of its own. Indeed. Like it's not even, um, and I realized right away, you know, I've been in entertainment for many years and I felt immediately the moment that I was like at my first conference, I was like, this is my tribe. Like I just knew it like on a, on a spiritual right. psychic level. I knew I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like it wasn't it like all the years in the entertainment business. I never really felt like it was my place. I immediately felt like this was my place. I want to interject one thing. <clears throat> we were speaking to a wonderful guy. I'm going to give him a shout now. Right. Uh, Haas. Haas, Haas Terry, right? And he actually has BLK Love and uh, Love Token, right? Yeah. Non-for-profit, right? Trying to uh, s s feed the people in the pandemic and feed souls. He made a brilliant point I never thought about. It's like crypto. It's very, very um, complicated to understand at first. It's just you just don't get it into the five-minute elevator talk. And he said that because it's from spirit and it's from God, it's supposed to be complicated and you are only able to receive it when you actually have the openness to actually say, hey, this is that thing. I'm, and I'm butchering the way he said it. Remember how yeah, we talked about that? Yeah, the consciousness is, is that it's, it's the consciousness that just kind of comes and, into you. And if it wasn't complicated uh, at, uh, uh, at first, then it would be for everybody. It wouldn't have the potency of, of how, how special it is. So, Well, I think that... You say consciousness. I always think everything is just frequency, right? Frequ and, vibration. And vib vibrating vibrating energy, yeah. right? We're all vibrating energy. This table, the microphone, you know, it's all just frequency. And it's funny because my partner, who's a lot more hands-on in terms of crypto trading and whatnot, like he often describes how he feels like how blockchain and, and feels alive in some way. Like it almost like there is some sort of intelligence coursing through it. I've heard other people say that. Um, but I just felt like it was my place in terms of a community when I came in. And then I saw once I also came in that there was, you know, the potential for this technology is on a fundamental level to power a lot of the systems that are going to be required in what me and other people are calling the solution revolution, which is basically humanity rising up and using technology to solve all the global issues that we're facing and that we will continue to face. And so that when I saw that and given my passion for just, you know, serving that higher purpose, I was like, okay, well, this is, how do I start getting that story out? So we started producing a couple documentary series, one called Open Source Money, that came out uh, season one on Discovery Science last year. We're working out a, a second run for it. <clears throat> season two is in production right now. We just filmed in Dubai, filmed with CZ, who's the, as you guys know, from Binance. And mm -hmm. we've got a bunch of amazing crypto guys lined up. Season one featured... You got CZ? We got CZ, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Most people, you know, think... I mean, it's hard. It's hard to lock him down. Yeah, we, we ha I spent about an hour with him. Really amazing guy. Uh, very much also focused on impact. And so, um, so, so can you tell them to clear my account? Cause I've been waiting in compliance for like seven months. I think that, well, I think you're American. So that might be a problem trying to get on finance.com. Hey, easy, easy. That account's not open as an American, but I, I know let's yeah. get it. So, but so what I saw, so we, season one was about Joe. Uh, we followed Joe Rotes, who's a great fan. He's also the CTO of Rainmaker. We followed him as he was basically battling the SEC for almost three years and they made him spend millions of dollars in legal fees. And as a CEO, he was spending, you know, 60, 70, 80% of his time, you know, basically like litigating, you know, just to stay alive. And they never did anything at the end. They, you know, they kind of just like... They just papered him to death. Well, right? they just, yeah, they just kind of like slid back into the shadows. And so, you know, now with the Ripple thing, you know, Coinbase is now going to going to battle with these guys. Like we were going to pick up the mantle in season two because this is a real problem. The, the problem is this, is that... We're at a critical moment where China is already racing ahead with the BSN and DCEP. They're not messing around. Like they're a centralized, powerful government with every resource at its disposal. Yeah. The only counterbalance on this planet is free entrepreneurs in the free world yeah. who are innovating. It is the only counterbalance to China right now. The U.S. government does not have its stuff together, is not prepared to meet them out in the open field. As much as they might fancy in their minds that they think they want to, they're not ready. No, they don't and, want and, to. And, 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 and frankly, like that's not what we're made, that's not what we're made of. What, what, what makes America special, and, and not just America, but the free world, those who subscribe to the belief 
that we should govern ourselves, right. that democratic principle. What makes it what makes us special is that innovative and free spirit. That's why people, even from China, would prefer to be on a blockchain network that was created by entrepreneurs in the free world rather than the one that's being controlled by their centralized government. And that's not to say their government's bad. They believe that it is the correct thing to do. We obviously right. share a different we share a different viewpoint, and there's a space in the world for them both to exist. But we but if the U.S. government thinks it's going to start to threaten further yeah. threaten rather it already has but you if it's going to bully yeah yeah if they're going to further them. threaten and bully you know entrepreneurs you know at this point 19 of the 20 major blockchain protocols are not are no longer uh hailing from the u.s there's only one which is xrp which the sec is currently attacking so what does that tell you about the future of america vibration as a global leader we need to raise our vibration yeah we, we need do. to raise hey, our you, vibration, you, yeah. from our listeners you use bsen and dcep i think i know what they are right well You're talking about the, bsn is blockchain services network and okay. dcep is digital currency electronic payment so it's china has created its own native digital currency uh, they're, yeah. they're, they're cbdc right for the digital yeah, well, yeah i mean it's a cbdc to the highest order i mean it's completely centralized as centralized yeah. can be but it's leveraging, it. you know. Oh, you've got own. parking tickets. You only get 80%. Right. Well, or whatever it is. Or, hey, we, you know, you spoke out against the Chinese Communist Party. You know, milk is twice as expensive for you. Will they do that or no? They have the power to do it is the, is the thing right, which, that for us thing. in a place like yeah, this, that's what's we alarming. obviously don't. Yeah. And, and look, if if you go to some places, uh, some people are okay with that. And that's, and that's not to say they are right or wrong. All I'm saying is that there needs to be a balance in the order of things. You know, in order for there to be a balance, uh, those entrepreneurs from the free world need to be free to innovate and create. Now, of course, bad actors chase them down, deal with them. I mean, there are laws to deal with it without playing the political games that are being played because powerful forces might be influencing certain regulators or certain people, you know, to take action in a certain manner because their interests are threatened by what's happening. And I think, um, you know, we're at a critical moment, like the next thousand years of, you know, financial systems, you know, money systems of the, of the world are being created as we speak. Yep. So what is that going to look like and what place will, you know, the free world and the, and the United States and entrepreneurs that hail from here have to play in it? You know, that's, that's still a question that hasn't been answered yet. Wow. Yeah, that's all I got to say is wow. <laughs> I mean, we came over to talk about a social media app and it's like he drops all this knowledge on us. It's like, who is this dude? I mean, you burn bright. You know this, right? I mean, well, I've just spent, look, I'm passionate about it. I spent a lot of time looking at it. You burn bright. Thank you, uh, brother. You burn really, really bright. And I don't know everybody's ready to receive you, right? And so I, I, I'm really grateful I had the opportunity to have you speak so authentically today. Yeah, I don't think everybody's ready. I, don't, I think many people are not ready to receive me, but that's <laughs> that's right. Whether they, whether they like it or not, here I come. Yeah, but I, I, so, I, I am going to, I, 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 wa I, I watch the way that. you carry yourself and just our, our limited knowings and how we did. And so kudos to you on your walk. Do you want to talk about Rainmaker? We can talk about Rainmaker. I mean, it's up to you. Well, I think it's, look, just to go finish the open source money thought. I mean, I think that ultimately, so what we did with Atari is we, you know, we, we, that's what brought me in was Atari rather to look how we can finance a movie with, with blockchain and with crypto. Um, but I wanted the other piece, which is how can I make it so Atari fans or the video game, video gamers around the world, there's 3 billion of them. How can I get them aligned with the movie? And so Rainmaker is the system that essentially was born out of that vision that we first saw with Sirius was how do you take a community, you align their interests, you know, and it's kind of like free market cap, you know, like capitalism 101, right? Like how do you align interests? How do you align everyone's incentive? And how do you use technology to do it in a manner that really just takes it to the next level? So Rainmaker is that fan social engagement platform that takes brands and creators and unites them with fans and community in a whole new way where all of that value that's being created on their through their social engagement that's happening on our platform they're being rewarded you know proportionally fairly democratically transparently you know for that and um you know further i think you know we created a layer two consensus algorithm essentially called proof of influence that tracks all of that social action on those you know on instagram on well, tiktok on twitter proof of stake proof of work is proof of influence like your ideation your brainchild yeah i think i heard of someone else who was using it in a different way but it's our brainchild in terms of social media application or you, da or application i guess or whatever do you, you guys do you guys reach out to like certain companies like 
like the Mavs, for instance. Just I'm, I'm a Mavs fan, so just I'm just as an example. Would you reach out to Mark Cuban and say, "Hey, would you like be on a platform and figure out how to way to engage your community?" Is that something you guys are doing? Or yeah, so there's one NFL team that we're confidentially talking to. We okay. haven't talked to any NBA teams, and there are some other fan token uh, platforms out there, and I think that are doing some good things. Again, I think we're focused in a very unique way. Um, around, especially because not just the fan engagement piece, we are looking to work with sports teams, uh, entertainment companies, right. you know, projects. Obviously, we have our own. Uh, we did open source money. The first run on Discovery Science was the beta run of Rainmaker, and it ran. Uh, it helped to power the marketing. We were in the top 150 in the ratings for our whole run. So it's that was the first launch. The next launch we just did for Rainmaker was. Uh, around the public launch of the app, we did a charity initiative called Hashtag Global Field Day, where we had 15 athletes, celebrities, and influencers all promoting uh, these social media challenges. And then the money that we're basically raising was for uh, three main charities that were supporting youth empowerment, uh, climate change, and entrepreneurship. So World Youth, uh, World Youth Horizons, a Global Entrepreneurship Network, and Ladato Tree. Ladato Tree run by 17-year-old Vivian, <laughs> Vivian Har, yeah. who's basically been endorsed by the Pope, and she's she's planting uh, 7 million trees, trees. across right. the Great Greenwall right. of Africa. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the, that's the kind of stuff that I'm about, and that's what Rainmaker, every campaign, and on the network level as well, there's always a piece that's going to go to impact or go to charities that are doing, you know, good in the world because we're at a moment where we have to, like, we don't really have the luxury of, it's kind of like where I was at going full circle in this conversation to laying in that lake and where I felt like I really became aligned with, you know, you could say I became one with the earth, but I probably be more or less became aligned with my own spirit yeah. for the first time. And in that, you know, in that moment, I realized, you know, there was no more time to waste. And I think we're at that moment or we're coming to that moment as yeah. a species collectively. We can talk about American, Chinese, doesn't matter. Like there's one race on planet Earth, the human race. That's correct. And we have to face all these challenges together, you know, whether we like it or not. And I think the only way that we can, you know, the only way we can do that is by, you know, is by coming into alignment and, and, and making that leap. So, um, so yeah. well, again, I just want to ask you, so just, you know, you, you're touching on, you, 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 you've tuned into something, right? From on high, and just just you've channeled something for this whole chat. I think we opened it up with where how we with how we got free, how we got free, and then it's like it, it opened it up. How do you see blockchain changing the job market and the workforce? Well, it's interesting. Is like I think the whole concept of job is like dying. You know what I mean? Yes, like I do. how we understand it because it's not about. You know, clocking in, yeah, clocking in, clocking out. It's about shared ownership, right? Like the new world is power with, not power over. And I mean, I do my best to embody it. I'm not perfect at all, but power with, not power over. You can write, you can NFT that one. Um, <laughs> but it's and, and, do you want to be the first bidder? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll I'll buy it and just give it away. So <laughs> this guy. Well, that's but I, but I think that what that and what that in the job world or the or the you know. I believe that everybody has this divine spark inside of them, that they're waiting for the opportunity to be empowered to express. And that's the thing I was talking on a panel earlier about NFTs. The thing that excites me about what I see with NFTs, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's a little scary with the JPEGs and everything else. But what I like is that there's this creative spirit that's being unlocked with a new market that and, and this new wave that only crypto and blockchain would would have empowered because the legacy money system didn't didn't reward these people you have all these creative people that are on photoshop creating some of the most amazing digital art or 3d art like creating art that just would blow you away but there was no market for it there was nobody saying hey you know what not That's only was there no market there's no agency as in hey this is yours and you know talk about a reward to yeah. on so many levels so many levels. But that's where the, when you talk about job, I'm like, well, look, I think that we're we're going into like the post job world. Like we're all going to have to be renegade entrepreneurs like Nolan Bushnell. Now we can band together in bands and groups and work together in companies. But like even in our company, like I try my best to like maintain like almost like a flat model to an extent because you want people feeling like they have ownership. Right. And that's yeah. and, and I think and that's that can, they can say and, yeah. and, and they, they have a say and they have a voice because it's. Yeah, it's like servant leadership, right? And I, I'm not talking about that as, as a myth or as like just some cool ideology. Servant leadership. Yeah. Right? Right. So basically, hey, how, how do I as the leader serve all my workers to, yeah. Be, yeah. to be the yeah. maximum Gary, Gary Vayner says that. He says, you know, make a mistake. You as a CEO, 
your people don't work for you. You work for them. That's right. In order to help them, you know, empower everything else going on. It's really, it's, it's, it's a reverse. If you, if, if any CEO ever thought that they work for you, you've, you've had it wrong the entire time is what he always, I mean, for what it's worth. So, oh, he's right. Right. Yeah, and, and I believe him too. I mean, I, I believe it. It's about it's about like if everyone feels like they're a part of it, then everyone's all in. It's for a common goal. It's for a common cause, right? And, and, and also, we we all we champion the underdog. I mean, everybody except me and David is marginalized in some way. In our, our firm, I mean, we're talking like the, our gals in the Philippines. We only hire women in India because the men the, there's this caste system. Like the men, they, the women are subordinate to the men there. So we're going to take the women and we're going to empower them. Right. And yeah, so basically we don't hire men from India. And so I guess you could call it reverse racism or, or sexism, but it's just a choice we've made because we're just empowering these people up so they can empower others as well. It's so just, what are you hiring them to do? I'm curious. <laughs> um, there's this Rainmaker app and what we have. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that'd be good so for that. It's, we'll funny, take it. it's funny you say that. So so uh, our gals in the, uh, in the Philippines, what they do is they just scrub websites, LinkedIn, resumes, places like that, and they put them in the database and they find the phone numbers and emails so we can get them. Then the, the, the gals in India, they're so smart and they've got degrees and they're still like really looked down upon as, as they're worth. They're the ones that actually do the initial scrub on what are your capabilities, what's important to you, what do you want? So then we actually have this cadre of people. Then when someone gives us a search, they say we need these kinds of folks, <clears throat> then we actually have a close knit here where we are in the United States. We talk to them and then they, 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 they file them up to me and David. Because the one thing that's really important is, is, is in, when you're dealing with, I'm gonna say this, and I don't mean it to be, when you're talking about capital that happens to be human, Right? There's so many dynamics that aren't actually certain. It's nuanced. Right? So we want to be able to tell how, as, as vibrations are changing with people by the moment, like, I, I need this job. No, I've got three other offers. That changes. We can actually speak to the stakeholders in case the hiring authority. We can say this is what we have. So we've got this big machine right, that's working up for us for a force of good. It helped. We, 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 we maintain a constant vibration to make a better world vibration. I mean... I believe that. You just helped me with the language. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And I think that we're in a moment where it's all about empowering, like you said, the underdog. And I've always had a little bit of that underdog mentality well, in I, me. So I, 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 I wasn't always this tall. Yeah. I wasn't always this confident, right? And I was picked on, I was picked last, right? And it's just so, I, it's There's never a, been lost on me. It's like, I, I, I tell them at the hotel, stop calling me Mr. James. And you just call me David. But I realize they're just so ingrained to that habit. I want to, you're not my servant. You're of service, right? And, but anyhow, okay. Yeah. There's, there's a chip on our shoulder. I mean, I, I, that's, I, I, I can describe it that too. I mean, it's, it's something that uh, I was picked on as well, you know, and you just, you kind of just prove everyone wrong. But more so, I think more importantly, you prove yourself right, you know, in, in certain ways. Like you just, it, there's, like you said, you know, there's a spirit that you just finally get aligned with. And it's just occurred. <clears throat> That's amazing. JD, Seraphine, thank you so much for the bequeathment. Do, do you have any questions for us? You said you wanted to ask some questions, so I don't know if you... Well, no, I, I think... Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything we didn't cover in terms of Rainmaker. No, I mean, I think, I think it's self-explanatory. People can go to the website. They can check it out on social. They can see that there's opportunities to get on there. and. Promote. I just want to be allowed to send the white paper out. I haven't been allowed to send that out yet. I just want to. So, I know. Well, uh, we're, we're a little different like that. <laughs> <laughs> a little different. I, no, I, I can understand. I mean, right now, I mean, have you, have you copyrighted it, patented it? I mean, is there... Is, we're, we're, we're looking at doing right. some stuff. I, Even like around proof of influence, you know, as being like... Yeah, that, yeah. that's, that's you know, very... Like I mean, I, I would... Yeah. Huge. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very keen of you. Yeah. I would, I would, we're working on it. As your, as your potential advisor, I would advise to keep, you know, doing that way. So. Nice. And, and I advise your advisor. <laughs> you like that, right? So, so it comes from <laughs> So wait, are you going to advise him to make an NFT out of Listen, let's get rid of that. What the, do you think you got let, the idea? Let's get rid of the rent seeker over here, okay? And let's just... All right. Okay, because he's all capitalist. We're all about humanity. So let's yeah. uh, keep it a -list. Hey, you know what? A -list, you know, capitalist, that, that, they were all about humanity too, man. All right, we're digressing. So basically, <laughs> everybody, thank you for spending another Sunday with us here at Bit About Crypto. JD Seraphine, thank you so much for being our guest. You're coming back. Back, you know, I'll come back, yeah, definitely. To, to our engineer, Travis, thank you once again. No, 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 thank you. Well, that's more like it. And, of course, I can't do it without my host, co-host, Dave Hampton. Thank you much, Robert Gruder. Eternally grateful. Yeah, I'm eternally grateful, too. And uh, I'm David James, the job whisperer. And remember, everybody, get whispered.